Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartinized. Today's episode, Biased Media. The right tells us that there is a predominant liberal media bias in all of mainstream media. The left says, no, nah, no such thing. We'd never do that. And if you say, uh, no, I, I'm sorry, I think there is a, a, a left-wing bias there, they'll say, prove it. And you're sunk. Because in order to prove something, you have to be able to measure it. And bias is not something that you can measure in pounds or inches or furlongs per fortnight. It's more subtle than that. It's kind of like the Supreme Court judge said this famous quote about pornography. Uh, I, uh, I can't define it, but I know what I like. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know it when I see it. And bias is very much the same way. It can hang on a particular use of an adjective or an adverb, or even the placement of a fact in an article. If you put a fact in paragraph 1, it's very different than putting it in paragraph 20. What about if it's in the last paragraph, but it's only a three-paragraph article? Okay, well, that's different, isn't it? How about if it's an eight-paragraph article? All these things make it very, very difficult to measure. You'll see things like two newspapers, and one has a headline that says, Congress passes deficit budget. And the one next to it says, Bush signs record deficit budget. And they're both followed by the same AP article. They both gave you the same information. They were both accurate. But one of them had some bias in there. And you wouldn't even notice that if you didn't see the two of them next to each other. And it's the kind of thing that you see over time. Because journalists often try to hide their biases. They try to be right down the middle but they seldom really succeed. Why is the left blind to bias that the right claims is obvious? Well, a lot of it has to do with where you're standing. Most people think that they're centrists, and most people are wrong about that. They lean to the left, or they lean to the right, and uh, that's neither good nor bad. Reasonable people can be on either side of that spectrum as long as they don't go too far. And then, of course, you have complete nut jobs like me, uh, a small L libertarian who goes way far to the left on some things and way far to the right on others. I don't know if that balances me out and makes me a centrist. I really don't think so. I think what it really does is prove that the left and right is of limited value in describing um, political views. But we're going to use it for this just because it is simple. If someone is five steps to the left, and the New York Times is, I would say, about five steps to the left, and they read the New York Times, everything they see lines up beautifully and perfectly with their own biases. And as a result, they say, oh, this isn't biased at all. And since I'm a centrist, I can say that they're unbiased. Now, the person on the right who say watching Fox, which is about five, maybe six steps to the right, they're sitting there and, oh yes, this, this is fair. And this is balanced because this lines up 
with my biases. But the person on the right looks over to the person on the center, and he sees somebody not who's five steps away from the middle, but who's ten steps to the left of him. They're a far lefty. And so when the guy on the right reads the New York Times, he sees that bias, and it's enormous to him. It's bigger than it actually is. And the guy on the left looks over to the guy on the right and goes, Wow, he is a far-right fanatic! Well, he's really not. He's only five steps from the center, but he's ten steps away from the lefty. And that makes the point of view completely skewed and the conclusions that each of them reach entirely wrong. I've heard quite a few people on the left make the claim that the one unbiased news source that's out there is the BBC. Yes, they're not biased at all. What a crock. Was it last year that uh, France had two weeks of constant rioting by Muslims? And I was following that story through various news places, and the BBC was, I read the BBC on it quite a bit, and in almost every story... They either totally ignored the fact that the people who were rioting were Muslims, or they put it way down at the bottom of a long story. And in a few stories, they actually did mention it up front, and originally in, in like the earliest stories, uh, they didn't hide that. But it was almost as if someone behind the scenes said, oh no, we can't mention that anymore. Just because that's the most salient fact, the reason that they're all rioting as one, we can't mention that. Does that seem like an unbiased approach to you? I could go on and on and on with lots of examples, but of course, if you're arguing this with someone who insists that there is no bias, they'll say, oh, well, that was just an anomaly. You know, you're always going to have those kind of things. You're always going to have anomalies in there, but most of the time, they're right down the center and they're fair and balanced, except they'll never use that phrase, of course, because of its association with Fox. So giving a whole list of different examples is kind of fruitless because uh, it's really not worth arguing about it with the people who are on the left and don't realize that they're on their left or, or won't admit to it. But a lot of you may want some more examples. So I'm going to recommend two books to you, both by Bernie Goldberg, Bias and Arrogance. And he gives lots and lots and lots of very specific examples. Uh, Bias was the first one. It was actually seemed a little better book was a little more laid back. It wasn't quite as pissed off as, uh, as Arrogance was, but uh, a good book. And, and I think it really makes it very difficult to argue that this bias doesn't exist. Now, a lot of people are unaware of the fact that the whole idea of the news media being unbiased is a relatively new one. It's been that way for most of our lives, at least the idea that they should be unbiased. But you don't have to go back very far in history to get to the point where news organizations didn't make any pretense of being unbiased. They wore their bias on their sleeves. You knew going right in where they were coming from and what their politics were. Newspapers had names like the Daily Democrat or the Times Republican. You just read the name and you knew where they stood. How do we deal with bias that pretends not to be biased? Well, first thing we have to do is we have to be smart and nice, and we've got to know what's what. We've got to really see things for what they are and not what they pretend to be. 
And yes, we can take the New York Times to task, and we can take Fox to task for pretending to be unbiased. But rather than waste a lot of energy on that, let's celebrate that bias. Let's go in there knowing what the bias is. And if we know what the bias is, then we can take that into account when we read their news, when we listen to their shows, when we give them access to our brains. Oh, well, yes, they say this, but they're biased in this direction. And these guys say that, but they're biased in that direction. So I will filter it through that and keep a close watch on my bullshit meter. The bottom line is, NPR is full of bullshit. Fox is full of bullshit. NBC and the New York Times and BBC and AM Talk Radio all contribute a significant amount to the problem of global bullshit. But there are also a lot of facts out there, real, true, verifiable facts, ignored by some outlets, championed by others, all because of their bias. And someone who gets all of their facts from the New York Times and NPR is every single bit as ignorant as someone who relies solely on Rush Limbaugh and Fox News for their news, although they probably have a little better vocabulary. Listening to one point of view, any one point of view, solely and only, makes you an idiot. Instead, if you gather your information from a wide variety of sources and you learn something or change your mind or even just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations! You've been Smartinized! Hey folks, you know that I just love hearing from people. People that love the show, people that hate the show. Actually, I don't get too many people that hate the show, but I do get people who call and argue, and that's cool too. And that's always a lot of fun. A couple of ways you can get a hold of me. You can dial 206-203-4488. That's 206-203-HIT. And that's a little place where you can leave a voicemail that gets emailed to me as an MP3 file and maybe gets used on the show. Very few people use that. So give it a shot. Give it a try. Also, email hitman at davehit.com. You'll find that in the MP3 tags of this file. And if you go to davehit.com, spelled with two Ts, you'll find that all over the place, too. You'll find, uh, you'll find the email address and, and links to email on just about every page there. I got one email just before I sat down to do this one. Now, I had planned, you know, I usually plan these things out a week or so ahead of time. I practice them in the car to try and get rid of all the extraneous crap. So by the time I sit down, I've got a pretty good idea of what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do. And I got this email from Bill. Bill's using a, a email pseudonym, he tells me. And it's kind of strange because it almost sounds like it was written in response to this particular episode. And it arrived just before I started recording it. So maybe Bill has a Wayback Machine. He starts out with uh, some compliments, which are always fun. And he says, I decided it was time to write you when you said you were a Fox News and an NPR listener. I thought I was the only one. I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out from, um, from all you listeners out there uh, when you write in. Just, I'm just curious, what are your primary news sources? You know, what are the top five that you listen to? What are the top ten that you listen to? And if you only listen to one, well, I, I don't think you're probably going to be listening to this show for very long because uh, 
that's not a very smartized uh, way to, to be and to, to, uh, to approach things. He continues, I am generally distressed about the direction the world is going, and it takes some solace in the fact that I'll probably be dead before the developing mess comes to fruition. The U.S. really has become a police state. Bill, I think that is obvious to anyone who's paying attention, but the scary part is, hardly anybody is. He continues, With the most basic personal liberties under severe attack, I see little reason to expect any change until something big happens, like an asteroid strike or a major league epidemic that wipes out three-quarters of the population. Only those kinds of pushes will shake things up enough for a fresh start. Bill, I hope you're wrong. I fear you may be right, because the problem is, the biggest problem is simply the complacency of the majority of Americans. A lot of them are blissfully unaware of what's really going on, and of those who are aware, the majority of them think it's just great that Big Brother is protecting us. Oh, yes, please, please, Big Brother. Tell me what kind of food I can eat. Tell me where I can smoke. Tell me everything to do. Because it's so much easier than making adult decisions. Unfortunately, when Big Brother comes in, he wants to tell all of us to do it. And the fact that a few of us are actually interested in liberty and acting like adults, nah, sorry, that's simply not being allowed. More and more and more, it seems, uh, on a daily basis. I do hope that the Free State Project works. I think that may have some hope. I don't know for sure if it will or not. Uh, in order for it to work, they're going to have to thumb their nose at the feds. And a lot of times when you do that, the feds bring in the tanks. So we'll see what happens there. I think it's a very cool experiment at the very least. And it's something that uh, I hope someday I can be a part of. And then Bill goes on to mention the Brasphalogy, the Gene Shepard podcast that I'd mentioned way back when. It's a great show. You should check it out. Gene Shepard was, I think, a one, one of the best broadcasters ever. And he's a good example of what radio could be when it's done really, really well. Well, thanks for that, Bill. And uh, I haven't gotten a lot of email lately. I usually have piles of it that I've got to pick from. And I only got a couple here. And I'm just doing bills because that was the best one. But please, send me some emails. Drop me a line. Hey, the music that you're listening to is My Wonderful Shadow by the Aquamarines. So go there and buy their stuff at theaquamarines.com. Thanks, guys, for letting me use it. And as always, never forget that the Quick Hits podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously.